We got a lot going on out there. My name's Ms. McCumber. Learning division. Math. Uh, wow, I love it. And sleeping. ECEVI stands for Early Childhood Education Visual Impairments. Challenge accepted. I just encourage you, if anybody ever tells you something can't be done, do it. Yeah, we kiddos. serve hot dogs, hamburgers, potato salad, <laughs> cheese, onions, pickles, All the chips. fixings. I fell asleep the whole way back. We have a great boys team and a great girls team. We had to keep moving the bar up. Challenge accepted. Just let me hear your wail. Beautiful, Bryce. William, let me hear your wail. <laughs> Wonderful. Alyssa, let me hear your wail. Come on, girl. Welcome to the September edition of the OSSB podcast. We have a lot in store for you this month, don't we, Emily? We sure do. This month we talked to our track coach about the recent trip to Tennessee and their preparations for the upcoming conference in Indiana. We also talked to some new members of the OSSB family, didn't we? Absolutely. We talked to our new fourth grade teacher, Miss McCumber, and we met and had a great interview with, with that class and met those students. And we also had the opportunity to speak with Captain John Turnbull, an active duty military member who is totally blind. And to top it all off, our catering class went to our first big catering event, preparing and serving food for the Ohio Department of Education. So we got a lot of great things for you to listen to this month. Thank you once again for tuning in and enjoy the OSSB podcast. We love you guys. All right, Jeremiah, who do we have on the podcast? I'm uh, Mr. Heath. Mr. Heath? Yeah. All right, welcome back to the podcast, Mr. Heath. Thank you, Mr. Kelly. Thank you, Jeremiah. You're welcome. And Mr. Heath is here with us today, and we're going to talk about what's going on outside on the track. Mm -hmm. We got a lot going on out there. Okay. Well, fill us in, man. What's going on this season? Okay. Well, um, we just had a meet in Tennessee. It was uh, pretty warm down there, so we only got uh, – unfortunately, we only had – about three-fourths of the meet uh, completed before they had to cancel it. But we have two. We have a great boys team and a great girls team. Why did um, they cancel the meet down there? Uh, the heat index, which is a combination of temperature and humidity, uh, got over 100 degrees, and they felt that it was unsafe for the contestants. And gotcha. we decided to cancel the meet at that point and – uh, head uh, to air conditioning and cool down and then uh, have dinner and go to the mall. Okay, yeah, going to that mall out there by the, the what is it, the Grand Old Opry the Hotel? Grand Old Opry. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one well. Yes. That's always a good time. Always a good time. Great pizza down there, too. Yes, we had good food. <laughs> so great. we have the boys team and the girls team, the boys team, we have Marwan and Gabe in our Class B, and we have Elliot, Eli, and Garrett in Class C. And the girls' team, 
We have um, Class A, Autumn's in Class A. Class B is Jenna and Courtesy, Hadisha and Emmy. And Class C is Maddie, Samaya, and Jayla didn't make that trip, but she has joined the track team also. No, that's great. That's great. We, I think our numbers have improved since last year. Yeah, we have we have five boys. I think we were around five last year, so that's about the same. But the girls' team uh, is up to eight. Wow. Um, and they're pretty strong. That's great. That's great. So uh, what events are we doing? Our strength starts with Marwan. Uh, he is, for the boys' team, he has a chance to place first or second in, in every event. Uh-huh. And he does the high jump. He won his high jump easily. How high uh, did he jump this he, year? He jumped four feet, eight inches. He Whoa. has to jump four feet to just participate. But we had to keep moving the bar up because he jumped four eight. Okay. And, and he he's in class B, right? He's class B. Um, he should win the high jump. Um, we're hopeful he'll win the 60-yard, the 60-meter dash, the 600-meter dash. And then he will probably compete in class C, which – has the absolute best athletes in the 400 meters. Yeah. And uh, we're hopeful that he will be right there at the end with a chance to win. It's going to be tough, but uh, the other three events he should win. Okay, so he's like the uh, quarterback of the track team. He is. Yeah, he is. He's our point getter. There's no question <laughs> about him. Uh, Gabe did. Gabe's a first-year uh, track participant, and – he seems to be very strong, coming on really quickly. Long jump, uh, he's a jumper. Uh, he's built for jumping. He's long and lean, and okay. so he did the shot put. Jumping machine. Um, he right. does it all, but I think we're going to focus on his jumping activity. I think that's going to be better. Long jump and three con, three consecutive jump, I mm-hmm. think he'll place. And his 600 meter, he should definitely place. He placed second in Tennessee in the 600 meter, so... He should easily place a conference. So is Class A and B running the 600 on the wires? They are. Class okay. A uh, uses the wires, and Class B uh, can use the wires or run uh, in between the wires, whichever gotcha. way they choose. But that's taking place in those lanes. It is chased, gotcha. taking place in those lanes. All right. What are you excited about this year? Well, I think it always comes down to uh, the students' um, – working together both the boys team and the girls team we practice together they help each other out you know uh, we just had a situation yesterday where Garrett who is a pretty accomplished triple jumper helped Jayla start learning the triple jump so that was you know to see everybody work together I know Jenna's in this class and she's a first year track member and she has um really come on um her long jump was so much better yesterday she should be good in some of the distance events Uh, last Um, year last year it was girls on the run and now it's on the track team that's That's great so yeah collaboration working together uh athletes helping one another that sounds great always makes a coach feel good when that happens yeah yeah so did athletes set any personal goals this year did you um the biggest personal goal is always personal to get better it's more than a team goal the team goals will take care of themselves if if each one of our athletes improves on times or distances 
Uh, we'll worry about the uh, team goals later. Okay. In uh, conferences, Indiana this year, right? It is. Indiana We're excited about going, going to Indianapolis. Yeah, and that's going to be next great. Friday. Next Friday, so that's going to be the end of September, right? That is correct. All right. So, well, we're looking forward to the Panthers going over to Indiana and doing a great and outstanding job representing OSSB. And uh, we thank you, Mr. Heath and Coach Bailey of the girls' track team for doing an outstanding job with these student-athletes. Well, we thank you, Mr. Kelly, for having us on. Jeremiah, for the interview. We love the podcast hey that's great man we're gonna have you back here once again in a couple of months to talk about wrestling yes that's for sure (laughs) we are looking forward to that but uh yeah so we'll get track done get gold ball out of the way and uh get into wrestling season and uh we're gonna have you back on here to talk about that we'd love to be back all right go panthers always Welcome to the podcast, the fourth grade class at OSSB, taught by one of our newest members of the OSSB family, Ms. McCumber. Hello, fourth grade class. Hi, Mr. Kelly. Hello. Hi. Hi. All right. Glad you guys could join us today. We're going to get to meet you guys. Got one new student in the fourth grade this year, and we have a new teacher this year. So let's go around the table, and we're going to start off with Brian. I want you to say your first name and where you're from. Hi, I'm Brian and I'm from south of Columbus. Okay, thank you, Brian, from South Columbus. Miss McCumber. My name's Ms. McCumber. I live in Worthington. Okay, all right. AJ. Hi, my name is AJ and I live in Marysville, Ohio. Thank you, AJ. Hi, my name is Jonah and I'm from Bowling Green, Ohio. All right, b- b- where? Bowling Green. Bowling Green, Bowling Green, where the wind blows all the time, right? Yes. Home of the Falcons, right? Love yes. the Falcons up there. I've been going all the, going to football games there. Cool. And Josh. Hello, my name is Josh. I'm from Zanesville, Ohio. All right, Josh and Devon. Hi, my name is Devon, and I'm from Clintonville, Ohio. Great, Miss McCumber. Are you excited about working at OSSB? Yes, I'm very excited to be working here. In the first few weeks of school here, what are you thinking? Um, oh, well, I love it here. I'm very happy to be here. And every day I love coming in and I love doing what I do. And I think our class is the best, but I might, might be biased about that. Just a little bias. So back to the students. What are you guys most excited about this year being in fourth grade and having Miss McCumber as your teacher? Devon. Learning division. Hey, that's great learning division i didn't expect to hear that but it how how is learning division fun in the fourth grade what makes it fun it's just fun it's just fun all right what do you think josh what are you excited about well my main excitement is reading and multiplication okay great what are you reading that's very interesting right now what are you reading about in science in science Energy, that's one of the things that we're learning about. Cool. Jonah, how about you? What's exciting about fourth grade? Mm, Math. Wow, I love it. Math. AJ. Band, yeah. Yeah, Band's cool. Mm. Band's fun. And sleeping, and sleeping. (laughs) 
<laughs> sleeping. <laughs> sleeping. I, I like sleeping in. No. How about you, Brian? Um, IT class. IT class. Hey, that's me. You get a pat on the back for that one. All right, what are you learning how to do in IT in technology? How to use a Braille note. How to use a Braille note. All right, that's good stuff. Okay, so we talked about everybody's favorite subject and what you're excited about. And one thing that I uh, found interesting is that I heard you guys had a New Year's party. New Year's party. Is that is that true? Yep. Yes. Yes. yes, and we loved it. We how had you, cupcakes. How did you guys have a New Year's party and it's not even close to New Year's Eve yet? Um, no, we we had a, like a fourth grade New Year new school year party okay so the beginning of the year how talk about that a little bit we had cupcakes and we had sandwiches cupcakes pizza chips the best kind of chips so did it just you just guys just decide hey let's just have a party because it's a new year or no 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 this was our first it was our first project oh so it was a project project yep we were collaborating oh collaborating i like that what does that mean anyway it means us it means all of us working together to make one big party yeah man that sounds great so did everybody have a certain thing that they had to do to get ready for the party no yeah yeah Yeah, kind of no No, not really no we kind of we just did our own thing some some of us made some of us made some decorations and some so. of us blew up some balloons which for me was very hard and <laughs> all of us and also we all, we all made sandwiches, sandwiches. all right sandwiches. does anybody bring me a sandwich no Definitely no we ran yeah. out <laughs> i eat mostly all the sandwiches i'm not sure you want a sandwich from three weeks ago though yeah no, you're probably correct <laughs> Or so like give us, a month ago. Give us the rundown on that, Miss McCumber. So in our classroom, we're doing a lot of project-based learning, which means that our learning isn't done through a textbook and worksheets and kind of the traditional educational way of doing things. We um, learn about a concept, and then we create a project around it. Um, we had the idea to have a New Year's party as kind of a fun way to work on the different skills that we're going to need to have in order to complete projects. Um, Specifically, we've talked about doing collaboration and communication and being creative and being critical thinkers. Okay. Sounds like that came together really well. Everybody was really excited about that. Were you guys excited about the New Year's party? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Definitely. 100%. So... What's, what's coming up next? What, what are you looking forward to this year in fourth grade? Uh, you want to start, Brian? To do projects. More projects. That's great. All right. Who else wants to chime in? What are you excited about this year? Any big plans down there? Mm. Somebody told me you guys were learning how to code. Yep. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me too. A lovely teacher, Miss McCumber. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. She That's planned cool. it all. <laughs> yeah, she did. So how are we going to do the coding down there, Miss McCumber? We're using a curriculum put out by Apple. Um, it's called Everyone Can Code. Um, and several blind schools actually in the nation are using this curriculum also Great. to teach their students how to code. Um, and we have been given a challenge right off the bat, our very first lesson. Who wants to talk about what our challenge is for our coding? 
AJ has his hand raised. Okay, AJ, go ahead. Uh, our challenge is to make the app to help our vision, help create an app to help kids that have problems. So our first challenge is to create an app. Um, that's the end goal of doing coding. Okay. But we decided in our class, because all of our students here have visual impairments, we want to try to design an app that enhances the lives of people with visual impairments. Okay. All right. What sort of problems might people with vision face that you can make an app for? That are blind. Mm-hmm. One of our ideas was to make a kind of GPS, mm -hmm. but it's for like being inside, like kind of like a, you know, like Google Maps or a GPS. All right. Just like it tells you like where to go for something. Right. Yeah. So an in, to navigate around inside a building, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's not too many of those out there. There's a couple that I know of. Like Clue, like C-L-E-W. You can kind of look at that, see what that's like. But it, it whistles at you a lot. <laughs> it's, it's like, okay, you can go this way, and it gets your attention. You need to turn. <laughs> All right. So thinking about it, I want to know what your guys' dream job is going to be. What do you want to do? later on what are you excited about so how about Devon working as a um teacher want to be a teacher that's great that's a good job I think so all right Josh how about you game testing the games because since I love games so much mm -hmm. I might as well play them for a job <laughs> Or being a game designer, I like that too. How about you, Jonah? Being a police officer when or I grow up. Working in the police force. That's yeah. very good. All right. Thank you, Jonah. How about you, AJ? Everything. 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 <laughs> what? Like it. Keep an open mind. That's awesome. All right. That's wonderful. How about you, Miss McCumber? What's your dream job? Uh, to work outside. Mm. I want to work in the woods. Uh, I thought you were going to say I'm working my dream job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's job. the better answer. This is my dream job, is working with AJ every day. Yes. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, he loves everything. Yeah. And, uh, and me yeah. and Jonah. No. Yeah. So, Brian, what's yours? Everybody. What's um, your dream job, huh? To be a braille teacher. All right. Oh, that's great, man. Those are some great things. What are some different things we're doing in our class? We've um, talked about these for the last couple of days. We've been doing, a, a, talking we've, about energy. We've been talking about energy. Yeah. And what have we done with energy? We've been um, doing, oh, doing, doing energy experimenting with Hot Wheel tracks. Yeah. And cool. seeing we're how. We're also making it kind of catapults. Yeah, like... Yeah. Also, mm -hmm. the Hot Wheels tracks are Mr. McCumber's son. We would make a Hot Wheel track and see how far would the car would go. Okay. So what are we making now? Um, catapults. And why are we making catapults? catapults? To test elastic energy. energy. Like, Ela elas to turn 
a potential energy into an elastic potential energy into kinetic energy. Okay. Kinetic. That's my way of saying it. Kin to kinetic elastic no. energy. That doesn't Why? exist. It's elastic potential into kinetic energy. Oh. So how, how are the catapults going to work? Well, we're, we're still working on them. Pin pa pin ping pong. Ping pong balls. Yeah. Rubber bands and yeah, we're using, popsicle sticks. We're using, we're do, yeah, we're using popsicle sticks, uh, Cap caps, lids, yeah. and tape. Yeah, also tape. But we don't let the And bottle caps. Tape. And bottle caps. That's what I just said. All right. That sounds great. Well, that, that's going to be fun in science. Mm -hmm. What else is going on down there besides science and coding and math? Reading. Oh, reading. reading. That's great. We're reading a book called Frindle. Yeah. What are we doing with writing? We're doing special stuff with writing. Um, we're doing pen pals. Um, pen pals. Yeah, pen pals. Ooh, pen pals. Who are you, who are you pen paling with? Um, we're doing kids from we're doing kids from Alaska. Alaska. Really? Wow. Also, AJ is doing a blog. All right, yes, a, blog. a blog. That's awesome. Yeah. How's the blog work? AJ is our first blogger, and he's very nervous about talking about the blog. He feels a lot of pressure right now. Uh, yes. Well. Say what you want. I have nothing. Okay then. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Cool. Go on. Yeah, that's all right. That, but it's funny though. So you should read it on the internet. So What's it about? Well, where can we find it? Uh, uh, on EduBlog. Great. We're using a platform called EduBlogs yes. to publish our blog. Mm -hmm. Correct. I'm finished. EduBlog. We talked about internet security um, yeah. as part of blogging. And because we are student child bloggers, we've talked about internet security and how we shouldn't um, identify ourselves also, when we're doing the blog. So they've actually made up their own code names mm -hmm. yes, it's, it's, for when they publish their it's blog. numbers, it's the alphabet. You really do have to be safe when you're on the internet. So you have to be extremely careful when you're out there on the internet, right? But that sounds fun, that sounds fun. And uh, you're blogging about what goes on in fourth grade kind of a thing? Yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah he is. No, not really, no, I not really. you guys got his back, man, helping No, out no, guys. they're not helping me at all. Yeah, we're not. All right, so you guys know we've got the extracurricular stuff going on this year. You know, we got track yeah. coming up. Yeah. We got swimming and wrestling and gold. Little on Cheerleading. Anybody going to do any of that stuff? Uh, you want to do wrestling? I'm with gonna, swimming. You're going to be doing ball. everything. And that's it, right? Because um, it's all track and. Well, you have it. to do track. Yeah, you have yeah. to. But no track. No cheerleading. That's going to be exciting. That is going to be exciting. I always like going to the little NC stuff. So when I used to coach wrestling, Josh and Devon, you guys were part of my crew back then, right? Remember yeah, that? I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. first grade. Yeah, kindergarten and first grade. All right. Great. All right, well, we are certainly glad to have you on the podcast, Miss McCumber. Thank you so much for bringing your class up, sharing with us. Uh, about what you guys are doing down there. Thank you for having us. We were very excited to come up today. Is it almost over yet? Because I don't like this. Hey, be, <laughs> yeah, we're done. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right. So, I love you, Dad and Mom. <laughs> All right.
So, yeah, one last thing. You want to give a shout-out to anybody? You know, that's a good one. I love you, Dad and Mom. Anybody got anything else? I love you, family. I love, I love you, fam. <laughs> Mom. I want to my shout grandma and grandpa. out uh, Devon, Brian, Josh, and um, Jonah, and Josh. I'm going to shout out everybody. And me. But not the bad people. Mainly me. Shout out to everybody. All right. On three, let's have a Go Panthers. One, two, three. Go Panthers! Okay, we heard about collaboration down in the fourth grade classroom. Now we're going to talk about collaboration between the Ohio State School for the Blind and Ohio State University. Up next, Matt will interview Miss Wendy. She's a university advisor at the Ohio State University. We're going to talk about a new program for undergraduate students at the Ohio State University working with teachers and students here at the Ohio State School for the Blind. Hello, Miss Wendy. Hi, Matt. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I am great. How are you? Doing good. So, first of all, what does ECEVI stand for? ECEVI stands for Early Childhood Education Visual Impairments. So, the OSU students that are here are going to be teachers that will be licensed to teach early childhood, pre K through three. And they'll also be able to teach students with visual impairments. Now, does the teaching students with visual impairments go up to a certain grade, or is it then K through 12 for that as well? That's a great question. It Not is going to be K through 12. Actually, birth through 12 is what I should say. What can the people gain from this program? Well, the students are actually in their senior year right now at Ohio State, and they are completing a field work experience this semester. They are coming here to OSSB on Mondays and Tuesdays. Most of the students from the cohort are here at OSSB. We do have about 10 other students that are out. Some are at Columbus City Schools and Dublin City Schools. We have some in Zanesville. They're all just working with these awesome teachers to learn how to be a great TVI. What is your part in the ECEVI program? So my role is a university supervisor, and part of the requirements for the students at OSU, they need to be completing lesson plans and getting all that practice with teaching. So my job is to come in a few times throughout the semester just to help and support those student teachers, and I will do some observations and just talk with the cooperating teachers. What is your favorite part of the program? I'm really loving all of it. I really love being at OSSB and seeing the students because I was here last year working on my TBI licensure. I think what I am also just really enjoying is just working with the pre-service teachers. How can students at OSU find out about the program? They can find out about the program by going online to the website. There's at OSU. There's all kinds of great teaching programs there at Ohio State, so they can find out about the different licenses that they can earn. Is the program life-changing? Absolutely. What would you like to see this program become? Would you like to see it expand to different universities? or? Yes, of course. There's actually a shortage of TVIs, so any kind of growth with going to other universities. There are some other universities that are having TBI programs, but this whole early childhood education and TBI this licensure program for students is awesome and hopefully going to bring more TVIs to the field. How long is the program? One of our student teachers is here with us today. 
Miss Carter, come on down. So the program is technically four years. It's two years doing general education and like pre-major classes. And then the last two years, so your junior and senior year, you're focusing on like your visual impairment classes and learning braille and Nemeth and also like your early childhood classes that teaches you about social studies and your core subjects. So Miss Wendy, what made you want to be involved with kids who have visual impairments? A lot of things. I have 10 years of teaching experience. My undergraduate degree was in special education and then I taught regular education and then stayed home with my kids for a few years. So I found out about the TVI program through Dr. Fast and she told me she thought it would be a great fit and I am just so excited to be back into getting back more into my special education roots. I love working with small groups and just all kinds of different students so and supporting teachers. Now, are there, for people who want to specialize in a certain subject, are there different branches to this program? Where, let's say, if somebody wanted to teach history, but still be a teacher of visually impaired, but like in a young public school or something like that. And your question is, would there be a specific program? Yeah, like, is there different branches to it, with Definitely. depending on what they want to teach? Definitely. So um, I have a degree as a teacher to I can teach grades four through nine language arts and social studies um, I could have chosen to teach math and science and I have added on my licensure for TVI so yes if you want to teach a core subject you would still need that coursework and in a specific subject and then you can add on other licenses now, this is this is the first year of this collaboration, right? It is. Um, the first year Ohio State has started this cohort where they have said, you know what, there are so many individuals who would love to be a teacher for pre-K through three, but there's not enough jobs out there. So maybe if you get your licensure in pre-K through three and TVI, it'll just... It, it's a good all around because hopefully it will open more job opportunities for people and it will also help these students that need more TVIs in the field. Absolutely. It's great for the Ohio State School for the Blind to be involved with the collaboration with the Ohio State University. We've done it at a graduate level for a long time and this is the first year that we've done it with the undergrad program and uh, it has just been going strong this year. Miss Carter, how's your teaching experience going? It is going great. Um, I'm learning just as much as the students are that are in the classroom with me. All right, and Miss Carter is student teaching with me this year. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. On September 4th, the podcast team had the opportunity to speak with Captain John Turnbull. Captain Turnbull is one of two active duty people in the military who are blind. The team spoke with him about his incredible journey. So, John, what have you thought about your tour of OSSB so far? It has been absolutely wonderful to be able to see everyone here and be inspired by everything that's going on. Just a normal day of school. Everybody's running to and fro to their class. Yeah, organized chaos, man. Organized Welcome chaos. aboard. The mobility is phenomenal. All the kids whoop me at it, that's for sure. <laughs> but it has been 
truly a blessing to be able to come here and meet everybody and know that we can do anything we set our minds to. So thank you. That's a fact. All right, Matt, you want to welcome Captain John Turnbull to the podcast? Yeah, welcome. Glad you've had a fairly decent time at OSSB so far. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your life outside of the military? Absolutely. So outside of the military, I grew up in northern Michigan. So please, Ohio State fans, don't hate. You can hate on November 30th, but not right now. So I grew up in northern Michigan, ended up joining the Army in 2004, joined the Army Reserves, and was encouraged to apply to a few colleges. So I picked some of the hardest colleges to apply to because if I'm going to go to college, I'm going to go to the best college. I mean, you, know, you set your mind to it, you can do anything. I got accepted to the United States Military Academy at West Point, decided to go there for four years after graduating in 2010, and that's when I was commissioned as second lieutenant in the Army. I liked tanks, so I became an armor officer. Right after graduating, I married my wife, Samantha. Then we moved to Fort Knox, Kentucky, where you learn how to drive tanks. Pretty amazing. Then from Fort Knox, Samantha and I moved to Fort Stewart, Georgia. That's right outside of Savannah. Just a beautiful place. Worked with the 3rd Infantry Division. My first opportunity to deploy was seven years ago today, shortly after our son Ian was born. Rather than stay home and help take care of the baby, decided to go to Afghanistan. You got the easier job. I I got to use my training. (laughs) Went to northern Afghanistan and learned how wonderful people are. We're at war, but the people there... We'd sit down and talk with us on a daily basis. You see kids run into school. It, it just it really touched my heart. The whole reason I joined the Army is I wanted to make a difference. But I wanted to make a difference in the world, help people out, and continue to help. I came back from Afghanistan after nine months. That's when I really got to meet my son for the first time. It was a wonderful moment. We have many pictures of it. And sat down with Samantha, and we decided that we were going to try to move on to something new where I could make a bigger difference than at where we were at in the Army. So I went into special operations and became a civil affairs officer with the whole intent of looking at like the Army as a more humanitarian focus, trying to help people. That way, bad people aren't able to influence the good people. thought it would be a great job. I had to go through school again. So I went through a year more of training where we learned about the culture. I ended up getting picked for the Middle East So learned about the cultures there. They tried teaching us the language. Not the best student. Might have went to a really nice school and grew up in good school, but still didn't, the Arabic didn't take. And shortly after graduating as a civil affairs officer was about the time when ISIS was starting to get a foot under them. We moved to Fort Bragg, officially moved in at Fort Bragg, went to my unit, and shortly after that I found myself deployed to the country of Jordan in the Middle East. I lived there for about six months, working out of the embassy, and after enjoying it, I mean, the travels we could probably talk about there, but like the most amazing time of my life, being able to travel around and see the different culture, see things that I'd sit through and I'd hear in like Bible school when I was younger at church, and I was able to go there and see it, and, you know, touch everything. So Jordan, the first time, came back, and I was back home for about six to nine months, and we had another round to go back to Jordan. And since I'd already been there, they chose me to go. I worked out of the embassy, worked directly for the ambassador. And the second time I thought was cooler than the first time in that my job was a 
direct representative of the United States military to the Jordanian government and our United States embassy. So people would spitball on how to fix problems. And I was the guy that had to sit in there with all of these individuals and I could be like, well, our military can provide this, but we can't do that and try to help shape the direction that our military is moving there. I was fortunate enough to be able to brief King Abdullah himself and the queen on one of the instances and they picked my project to go forward and thought it was pretty awesome. But once again, just the visiting places, being able to see things that I've only read about in books. It was absolutely amazing. Came back, so six month deployment, and then come back again six to nine months. And during that six to nine months, we were living at Fort Bragg. I train a lot. I have a four man team. There's another gentleman like me, about the same age as me, who's usually my medic, like my medical officer. Then I have an older individual who's been in the Army for about 20 years as my team sergeant. He's really in charge. I'll never let him know that, but he's really in charge. And then I have an engineer that goes with me everywhere. So four guys, and we go to war with four guys. When we're back in the United States, we're always training. We're trying to learn how each other act, how you move. I mean, mobility, we all practice mobility as fun. I really enjoy mobility. But mobility with you know, holding on to somebody is, I mean, you keep ratcheting it up because we'll do a lot of hiking and hiking late at night. I get tired and I want to fall asleep. So learning that I can put my hand on my battle buddy's shoulder and just kind of rack out or just keep moving forward and just follow him. That was the first opportunity I ever had for the mobility training as a visually impaired individual. It's interesting that we just pick it up from there. So, yeah, nine months, kept training. We found out what our next mission was. Like I said, ISIS, they were kind of poking around, poking the bear. And we bit back. I deployed the 1st of September of last year after about nine months being home. Went back to Jordan, bounced from Jordan to Iraq, stayed in Iraq for a month. And my boss asked me single-handedly if I, he's like, could you go to this one town? He's like, I don't know what's going on there. Just figure out what's going on and let me know. It's like, okay. So I jumped on a helicopter, flew up to this town. It was in Northeast Syria and started reporting back to my boss. One thing that I've always wanted to do, as I mentioned earlier, I want to help people. I want to make a difference in somebody's lives. We're all able to make an impact on every single person you meet and you can choose whether that's a positive impact or a negative impact, just how you're feeling. You know, smiling at somebody, smiling is very contagious, I learned. Laughter is also contagious, like a yawn. But that was my goal. So I ended up in this town, and my overall mission, I mean, my boss was like, tell us what's going on. My focus became who's here and how can I help? So I started networking with the people, meeting different people in their government, figuring out really who's who uh, and who's in charge of what and worked heavily with them to just make the area better with a focus on education. I've got a seven-year-old son by now, and well, he's six at the time. So I wanted to help the kids out, anything I could do to help children. I mean, they're living in a war zone. I mean, it sucks for the poor little guys. So I want to make their life better. Alleviate Suffering was a great tenant. It's our United States Agency for International Development. We call them USAID. They go forward when there's disasters or war, and they help, and that's their tenant, Alleviate Suffering. So my first focus was working in the schools, helping the kids any way we could. We'd buy paper, pens, gave them those. Anything to help the teachers be able to keep the kids in class. Like it was winter, so we ended up buying a bunch of heaters. But that was wonderful. And then also started working with the hospital, making sure the hospital was 
fit to take care of everything, anybody that was sick, from children to the elderly, from perfectly good normal people all the way to those suffering the most. So worked a lot with that and until January of this year, and my team was involved in a attack by ISIS. I ended up being 10 feet away from an individual who blew up a bomb, about 10 feet from me. Uh, from the percussion, it removed my right eye, and over the last couple of months, I completely lost sight in my left eye, becoming total. I wanted to, as a military guy, I like being independent. I like being able to do stuff on my own, and I like to do stuff. So sitting in a hospital working on recovery was nagging at me that I had to do something with my life. And the hospital I was at it was Walter Reed right outside of Washington, D.C. The best surgeons, love all the surgeons, but they didn't have anybody working with me for visual impairment, like a visor clinic or a blind rehab center. So talking around, we found out about this thing called the Veteran Affairs Blind Rehabilitation Centers that focus on helping veterans and soldiers uh, overcome the visual impairment. We kind of started shopping around to figure out where we wanted to go. Do we want to go to Puerto Rico? No, due to the hurricane that's down there. I'm thankful I didn't go there. The other choice was uh, Heinz in Chicago. And we started calling around and ended up getting hold of the individual in the Blind Rehabilitation Center in Cleveland. In Cleveland, I mean, besides having the Indians and right on the water, there's nothing that drew me to this rehabilitation center like, I mean, Puerto Rico, you're on an island. It would have been kind of fun. But it's close to where my son lives. My son has been staying up in Michigan. So this is one of the closest rehabilitation centers. Plus, right after calling them and making our intentions known, like that we were interested in it, they started calling us back. And Samantha and I would go to Cleveland, the VA clinic there, and go enter the blind rehabilitation program. And I've been doing that for the last four months. I learned how to walk all right. I say all right because my mobility instructor is running around here somewhere. And computer-assisted technology with Mr. Paul Smith, incredible things that we are able to do. And I will be actually leaving Blind Rehab tomorrow, I think, very shortly. And I am leaving with the confidence that I can do anything that I did before my visual impairment, as long as I have a good spotter, as long as there's somebody there you know, your best friend, somebody to help you out, like when you drop a hearing aid on the floor, like this morning, FaceTiming my wife to have her uh, show me where it was at. You've got to have a good spotter. You can do anything. So leaving the blind rehab, I will return to the Army. I'll stay until one they kick me out or I get bored. I've enjoyed what I've done so far, and I want to continue to make an impact in the world around us. And now you guys are figuring out, I'm very long-winded. That's a lot. What's some incredible experiences and honors you've had uh, in your experience? This is great stuff and really appreciate you sharing that with us. Do you have any idea in terms of what your role might be now in the Army? Are you going to remain in civil affairs or in an instructor role? I plan on becoming an instructor later on and working with our special operations guys to help them understand the importance of the individual on the battlefield and the impact that you can have. I mean, it's the same thing we have here. I mean, somebody bumps you in the hallway and, you know, they just keep going, don't say anything. You're like, jerk. (laughs) But, you know, they turn around, they're like, I'm sorry, my bad. Or in the north, so we'd say, oop, I'm sorry. Mm. I don't know if you guys know that, but that's like the northern thing to say now is oop. Oop. 
I don't know. But we were going to return to Fort Bragg, and I was, Lord willing, stay in the unit that I'm in as a cultural advisor working to eliminate evil from the earth. We call them oppressors. So our right. phrase is always oppressors beware. Right. Very interesting because, you know, we've had people from different countries on the podcast in the past, and they talk about the differences in the blind culture from, you know, here and maybe the UK and Europe and how modern and progressive it can be versus somewhere like in Albania or places like that where people aren't as mainstreamed in the society as they mm-hmm. are here. So remaining in that role, I think you will have an impact on that as well. Absolutely. And it's been incredible seeing the way Americans react to my visual impairment has been wonderful. Out of the last seven years, I believe four-ish of them have been spent at war. So it become very, I want to say rugged, that's not the right term, but very impacted by it to where I kind of doubt what we're doing, doubt humanity. And over the last couple months, just working with the blind rehab with uh, my mobility instructor, it has been incredible seeing everybody wants to help. I've never been so overjoyed at just people randomly coming up and just talking Mm. or trying to assist any way that they can across the road. Not so good, but it's still wonderful to see the way people here want to help us out. So, yeah, let's open it up to the students a little bit. Um, they wrote down some questions and to preparing for this. And you may have answered the majority of them, so let's question. a question or two. Yes. How can your experience inspire other people to meet new challenges and then overcome them? Very good question. To know that a visual impairment is something that I have to deal with the rest of my life has not made me doubt that I can do really anything. I mean, of course, driving, we'll figure that out. But it has been incredible to see the stuff that I've been able to accomplish over the past couple months at Blind Rehabilitation that I never thought that I would be able to do again. I mean, it's something as simple as working on a computer no matter what job you go to, I feel like the computer is something that you know is common everywhere we go. So by being able to not only get on a computer and type up something on Microsoft Word, but search the internet and download Adobe files, mm. it's been incredible. It sounds like you've adapted very well and very quickly. Because I teach technology and mm-hmm. train people on how to do all this computer stuff like Mr. Smith over there. <laughs> you know, he's my mentor. He's a lot older than I am, so... I learned a lot from him. <laughs> They're chuckling in the background. But to be able to do things on the computer visually, to switch over and do everything auditorily, it would be challenging at times. It has been. But knowing how to use a computer, as mentioned, it's something that we just got to know how to do because there's computers everywhere. That's right. But I'd like to accept the challenge. And the most challenging thing to me so far has been getting back behind a firearm and trying to hit a target. Being total, one that scares the bejeebies out of me. <laughs> but once again, you have a good spotter. You have somebody that's watching your back, making sure you're doing all the right things. It's easy. Mm-hmm. So after doing that, going back to a computer, there's I'm not going to say no sweat because I've got a good computer teacher. Thanks, Mr. Smith. But it's something that I won't get hurt doing it. I might spend way too much money if I put my credit card number in there. But <laughs> other than that, it has been a good challenge. And it's something that I believe that I'll carry on for the rest of my life. I'll always have computers yeah. until they start talking 
doing everything for us. Yeah, that's Star Trek Next Generation. Yeah, it's absolutely. it's coming. I think the iPhone, <laughs> no fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there's no buttons on that, is there? Right, right. So it does take some getting used to. Absolutely. Uh, but just you know, and I think you're just reiterating the point that with all the great tools that you have, getting the knowledge to use those tools, you can do some incredible things. Absolutely. Yeah. Learning from the classes that you guys will get. I've been amazed at what I've learned from my instructors. I mean, like the iPhone, for example. My family, everybody has iPhones. My sister, my mom, my grandmother, all of them. I never did. I always had a Galaxy Android. And I actually used that Android. We used it for everything. I used it on my deployments. So I was switching over to the iPhone for the apps, I guess. Yeah, and accessibility. Um, Something like that. Trying to learn how to use... Not only a different system, but the different software has been quite incredible. But once again, there's a way to get to yes, or there's a way to accomplish what you want to do. I've been pleasantly surprised to see how many different ways we can accomplish something as simple as answering the dang phone. (laughs) Two-finger double tap. Two-finger double tap. You think they would tell you that at the store? They don't. (laughs) What you can do Double is... Double tap um, and swiping? Yeah. Oh, dear God. What you do is just go to the Apple Store one day and turn on voiceover on every single iPhone <laughs> that's sitting out. Yes. <laughs> we may have turned it on on my father-in-law's phone, and he literally stormed out of the house and went to Verizon store to have him turn it off. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Paul. You're amazing. Em, how about you? Any questions? So I'm pretty sure you already answered this, but how did your vision loss affect you as a person? And basically, how did it affect you just overall military-wise as well? Another good question. You're asking the hard ones. Now I remember why I don't like school. (laughs) (laughs) So initially, the visual impairment was very minor. I can remember seeing few things following the explosion, but once I went total... It was incredible. It's amazing all the things that we do every single day. And there I'm pulling out my northern slash Michigan accent saying alls. Yeah. <laughs> Little things from using the restroom to eating. I loved it. At the first VA clinic I went to, after a bunch of my surgeries, went there for a visor program. And they had a dining hall right next to me. And they would bring me food in my room if I requested it or I'd go eat there. And after about the first week, they had learned enough about me and seen me drop enough food on the floor that they started giving me a bib that ended up being an entire towel. So I'd walk in, they'd be like, Captain Turnbull, your towel? And I'd put it on, and I'd catch a whole plate worth of food. Embarrassing. So I think one of the things I would learn about it is that it's okay to do some silly things. It's okay to be funny, I guess. People are always willing to help out. Yeah, and, and it's I think been great. Maybe kind of what you're alluding to is that when you have vision or you're sighted, that you don't realize your clutziness or whatever as much right. when you don't, you know? Uh, because it's like trying to eat soup with a fork. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Or if you knock a glass off the table, you're like, everybody saw that. You know? <laughs> but everybody does that kind of stuff. And I think if it was me, if I was dropping food all over a towel, I'd just wrap it up, take it back to the room, and have it for later. That's right. It's a little knapsack for my snack. That's right. Uh. <laughs> but military-wise, it hasn't 
impacted anything yet. Mm. I have not returned to my unit. I've gone down a few times and met with them. It will be interesting, but taking on the role of instructor or an advisor or planner of some sort will put me behind a computer rather than behind a firearm. So I think that's going to be the direction. It'll probably be a lot safer. Well, I read an article about another guy who's who's blind and in the military. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of Scott Smiley? Scott Smiley is... If you're listening to this, Scott, I'm saying we're best friends. I've talked to him on numerous occasions. I met him back in 2008, I want to say, following his attack Okay. when he became total and was very amazed by him. A young captain, special forces officer, wounded in Iraq, and... The thing about Scotty is that when everybody's like, you can't do this, you can't do that, Scotty's an overcomer. He said, oh, yeah, watch this. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he's still out there. He's a motivational speaker, an amazing individual. He really has helped me in terms of like motivation. Ian's over here, seven years old, my son, and he looks like me. So I lucked out because I know what I looked like when I was seven. But it was kind of feeling down, thinking, like, how will I be able to get him to, like, school, make his food, mm-hmm. do any of these things, you know, be, like, a proper parent. And Scott Smiley was the one that helped kind of get me across that bridge. Call him, talk to me randomly one day, and he's like, oh, I've got to run out. The bus is here. I'm like, the bus? He's like, yeah, i got to get my kids. He's like, oh, okay. He's like, yeah, my wife's traveling Europe doing speaking engagements. So he was living alone with his children able to feed them, able to do everything Right. I would say yeah, a normal person absolutely. does, but it's absolutely incredible. He's an amazing man. Yeah. And, and his book, uh, Hope Unseen, is very touching. Hope very Unseen. Moving. A plug for the book. Yeah. It's a must read. I got you, Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You got to keep each other's back, right? You know, teamwork, that's what it's all about. Absolutely. Networking is very important. It's something we talk to the kids about all the time here at the School for the Blind is finding those support, uh, what you're doing and how you're doing it, and they'll help you do it better. Yes. What I always tell the kids is if they say it can't be done, you do it anyway. And that way you show them how awesome you are. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. My stomach is starting to grumble. Is this about lunchtime? That's like the only class I was really good at in school. Lunch. Lunch. <laughs> It's hot dog day today. Yeah. We have a class that sells them down the hall. Uh, so mm-hmm. try to support that. Well, Captain Turnbull, I just want to thank you for coming in today and sharing you. your story with not only us, but blind people and folks that's interested in OSSB around the world. also want to thank you for your service. Thank you. And everything that you've done for your country and just your outlook on life. It's an incredible thing. And we want to wish you the very best of luck in all your upcoming adventures. Thank you. Yeah, I thank everybody. Thank you for letting us come here and be inspired by y'all. And I just encourage you, if anybody ever tells you something can't be done, do it. I like the phrase, challenge accepted. I throw that around, especially when my mobility instructor asks me to do something. I have to be like, well, challenge accepted. All right. Let me put that up on the board. There you challenge go. Accepted. All right. Thanks, John. Thank you. I'm here with the entire catering class, and we just got back from an adventure, didn't we? We sure did. Yep. (laughs) So where did we go, Miss Salvagna? Well, we were fortunate enough to be asked to go to the Ohio Department of Education and cater a meal for them that included a cookout meal for their lunch meeting. That took forever. 
Yeah, it did. We had to bring all the food in and sit through the meeting and wait for them to be done. We helped serve. Maybe somebody can say what kind of food we serve today. Yeah, kiddos. We serve hot dogs, hamburgers, potato salad, cheese, onions, pickles, All the fixings. Yeah. Diet Coke, Coke, Sprite, water. Brownies. Brownies, Brownies, Blondies, yeah. Pepsi. Yeah, we had a lot of fun and we spent the whole morning preparing for it, didn't we? we sure yeah, did. and yeah. I fell asleep the whole way back. That was fun. Dead asleep. <laughs> I think everybody's pretty tired. They had to, you guys had to stand there for about an hour. Tired is an understatement. <laughs> yeah, food, tired is an understatement. I can't believe how many people wanted burgers and not yes. hot dogs. Then we had a whole line where they didn't want buns. Right. Who doesn't put buns on their burgers? <laughs> we learned that some adults don't put buns on their burgers. They're watching their diet, their carbohydrates. Oh, so yeah. that was a trend we saw today, and most people wanted the burger. I mean, if dog. you want to watch your weight in that, do a time for workouts, and then eat the way you want to live. doesn't work like that for everybody, though. So, yeah, I was on drink duty and I realized people were more inclined to help themselves, which is totally great. I'm happy for y'all. And that was fun. You also, collected those pop tabs. Yes, I did. For the Ronald McDonald House project. Yes. So, thank you for reminding us to do that. You're welcome. Actually, that was Kayla who reminded us. Yeah, but. yeah. and we made, it, they made an announcement. Yes. So that was pretty much our trip today, and that yeah, was... Dr. Manus was there, and yeah. Ms. our Ms. new principal, Mrs. Wagner, was there. there. Oh. If Scotty I'm not mistaken... Scotty was there. <laughs> we called Scotty the, the cleanup fairy because he helps bring in all of our food and help us take it all out, making our job a lot easier than it could be. And he does it in a split of a... Split second. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's there one minute, gone the next. <laughs> And if I'm not mistaken, we had kids from the deaf schools post-secondary program yes, show up. I believe his name was Julian. I think it's Julian, and I kept calling him Jeremiah or something. You it's kept calling Jeremy. him Jeremy. It's, it's Julian. <laughs> and then so, who was the girl? Another name? young lady. Her name was uh, was it Yin? You know? You know? I'm Can not I, sure. Yeah. Uh, no. But they were helpful and they the helped us out and they actually get paid for their work. Which they do? Which I yeah. wish we did. Can we do that? <laughs> That's what I was wondering, but they said they were the STEP program, so it's a whole different thing. <laughs> so that was the catering trip for today. And yeah, so that was our trip. All right, everybody. Thank you once again for tuning in to the September edition of the OSSB podcast. We really appreciate you guys taking time out of your day to listen to this and go on an adventure with us. That's right. We sure had a great time putting it together. Looking forward to next month. We'll bring you the results of track conference. We're going to get into goalball season, right, Emily? That's right. All right. So we're really looking forward to that. Conference for goalball this year is going to be where? St. Louis, Missouri. All right. Home of the mules, the Missouri mules. So looking forward to going out to St. Louis. And going after the gold in Goldball. We've also got Halloween coming up in October, so we'll interview a lot of the trick-or-treaters and the elementary kids. Maybe put together a little skit again like we did last year. Maybe not. That is absolutely a lot of fun. Just want to thank all the people who helped put this together, especially uh, Jeremiah working on the music for us, and Mykia will bring some of her stuff next month, and uh, Trent. 
Big shout out to Trent and Avery. We spent a whole Saturday together, and they were teaching me the ins and outs of using Logic Pro. So it was fun to learn a lot from those guys. That sounds great. All right. We look forward to next time. Everybody have a wonderful end of September and a better October. And we'll see you next time. See you guys.